to the AZ Wildcats podcast. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona Arizona audience, you will get $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code PHNX. Place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at any at standard odds price. You will receive $10 in bonus bets instantly regardless of the outcome of your wager just make sure you use bonus code phnx please uh, plus join at the uh, betmgm sportsbook at state farm uh, stadium for all sons away games our phnx watch parties presented by neutral will pro- feature food and drink specials phnx giveaways and betmgm deposit matches join us by grabbing your free ticket in the show notes check out the uh, show notes for all the details and now let's hear shane diefenbach with the disclaimer Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Disclaimer. All right. Thank you, Shane. Now, joined by Jason Shear, I am Mike Luke. Shear, we have a lot to get to here. We're going to, first of all, talk football. Being up in the press box, I was telling you this, and I've been telling you this from day one. This Arizona football team is a bowl team, and I feel comfortable saying it, and I think you do as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't changed my stance. We both think that they're making a bowl. I don't know how many wins that'll be, but um, I would be surprised if they don't. All right. Now, offensively, this unit, this team, I believe, should be one of the top three or four offenses in the entire conference. Um, Jaden Delora, I would expect to be a little bit more consistent. But, man, the skill position guys here, and we've been talking about this all offseason, but the skill position guys at receiver and running back are absolutely loaded. And we got fam Speedy Luke hopping back in there as well, who we're going to get to in just a second. Yeah, I mean, the offense, I don't worry about at all. There's just too many weapons. Jaden Delora, it looks like he's improved since last season. Uh, it's the side of the ball. I mean, we talk about it because we're, we're confident in it. Um, Speedy Lou clearly looks like he's going to be a bigger part of the offense, like you said. And uh, everything just look, it just looks good. I mean, when you're looking at a guy like Kevin Green doing what he did in the spring game, it's what he did all spring, and he's the third wide receiver on the team. Right now, I I think I got to believe that he's going to be that starting third receiver. I know Malachi Riley has been really good and there's some other guys in there, but this is the second straight year that Kevin Green has done this where he's just getting open. Uh, the, uh, when the lights are on, there's just something about this young man where he's able to make plays and he's been doing that. Yeah, it's Green. Green's going to start. Riley's been awesome, but he's on the outside. So he's kind of ha- going to uh, have to wait his turn for a year, similar to what Green did with cowing and then when those guys leave riley will step right in and start but green's clearly the guy in the slot he, he disappeared for a little bit during the spring Jaden clark played well a little bit um and and maybe Jaden clark backs him up but kevin green's the type of guy where he's just you know we saw it last year in the spring we said that we thought he would be good and um you know arizona's top three receivers were just too good to get green on the field this year green is one of those top three receivers so he'll be on the field plenty 
is there, and I've gone back and forth in my mind. I would love to see some two tight end looks too with this team because again, Tanner McLaughlin's not coming off the field. He's fantastic. Kean Burnett, who I just found out lives about eight doors down from me. I see him going in his motor or on his little scooter every single day as well. Those are two guys that are going to be hard to keep off the field as well. So just from a pass catching perspective, Jane Delora doesn't have anything he can really complain about. Yeah, I think we're going to see some different looks. I think we're going to see some two tight end sets. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some sets with Burnett at wide receiver. And I think we're going to see the running backs a lot more involved in the passing game. That's been an emphasis during the spring. It does look like while this offense is the same as last year, Jetfish has definitely put in some new looks this season because of that talent. Yeah, and, you know, obviously a lot of people talking about Dorian Singer who left Arizona to go uh, to USC where he's currently running with the twos, which is uh, somewhat interesting. But, um, you know, you see Cowing and you look at T-Mac. These are both guys that should be all-conference, and if they're not all-conference, they should be right there as well. You can say the same thing about McLaughlin as well. And just the amount, and I know that I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but – unless you see it up close, the amount of talent overhaul just on this offense is absolutely, it, it's mind it's mind boggling. I mean, just think about where we were a couple of years ago where you had Gunnar Cruz and you had Will Plummer throwing and we love Stanberry Hill, but you had Stanberry Hill and then not much, you know, not a ton else. I mean, it, what, what fish has done in, you know, in uh, 24 months has been amazing. Yeah. I mean, Look, the, the transfer portal makes that much easier. But at the same time, T-Mac is a freshman. Burnett was a freshman. Uh, when I say freshman, guys that Jed brought in as freshmen. You know, Burnett, uh, Jonas Havanea, Wendell Moe. I mean, it, it, so it's not Kevin Green. You know, it's not all just, oh, I'm going to rebuild in the transfer portal. They've done a nice job of, of having a mixture of guys. And, you know, you take a look at the talent. And like you said, I mean, I always go back to like three years ago, the last year of Sumlin. I dreaded going to spring ball. I did not want to do it. And I can't think of any other time where I would tell Shelby, my wife, I don't want to go to work today. It's just, it's awful. I know what this team is in this spring. It's like, okay, yeah, at least there's some fun. There's some talent. Um, it's not like dreadful to go watch. And that's because of the upgrade that Jed fish has made on both sides of the ball. And Jed Fish, again, I'm going to keep tweeting this out, but I think it bears uh, relevance here. Jed Fish gets it. I know there's some people out there that are like, oh, you know, nobody cares about all the squirt guns and all that. They're wrong. I can tell you why, because I've been to these spring games before. This was a pretty good turnout here for Arizona fans. They did it well. And on top of that, you bring in Gronk, which is obviously a good thing. We're going to get to that in a little bit. You bring back Chris McAllister, the best player I've ever seen at Arizona, who hasn't even been on campus, I don't think, in probably 25 years almost. These are the kind of things that he said he was going to do, and he is doing that. And he's doing that into his third year in the program. And that's something that can't be lost because, again, we've seen the Sumlin promises. We've seen the Richrod promises. Fish is at least living out what he said he would do. Look, this isn't Athens or Tuscaloosa. You know, right. Nick Saban and, 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 and Kirby, they don't need to do the water gun stuff because they're out here winning every game. Arizona's different. you got to appeal. Kevin Sumlin lost this fan base. And the, the best way to get it back is to go into the community and engage them and then win. And Jetfish, from the day he was hired, engaged the community, and now comes the winning part. And look, you know, he to me, he's got to make a bowl in order to kind of sell that vision as not being BS. But at the same time, like, 
there's nothing wrong with it. And I know some people are like looking down at it, but it was fun to be at the spring game. It's a reward for a lot of these players. He's bringing back 250 alumni. Chris McAllister, I can't remember the last time he was on campus. And and it's it's a big deal. And these guys aren't coming back to campus unless they believe in what they're seeing. All right. Now, we got to talk about something we're going to believe what we're seeing. Our guy, my guy, Speedy Luke, fam. Now, again, MVP of the All-American Bowl last year. Uh, didn't get as many touches as uh, I think a lot of people thought. I don't care how it happens. I'm going to stick with this all year. He needs to get 10 touches a game. Don't care how it happens. He needs to get the ball in his hands at least 10 times per game. Yeah, I mean, the the comparison I always come back to as a coach when they signed Speedy Luke so that basically they were going to use him like Demetric Felton was used at UCLA. Three or four carries, a couple end arounds, a couple kicks or punts, a couple catches. Before you know it, he has 10 touches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Right. And and, and that's, you know, and, and look, he's not going to be a guy that gets 20 carries. He's just not built that way. But you got to get him the ball in open space because – more more often than not, he's going to be the fastest guy on the field. And if he's not the fastest, he's right there. And so you got to be able to go into a game and say, look, we're going to get you touches in the open field. Go out and make some plays. What I don't understand, though, is the uh, the hesitancy to put him at the uh, at a, as a kick returner here. Again, I've seen a lot of small people. The Anthony Thomas return kicks. I've seen a lot of guys return kicks that are smaller. That doesn't mean that they're going to break. Again, this coaching staff knows what they're doing. But the last thing I don't want to see, basically what I don't want to see is last year where you have Anthony Simpson go back and just fair catch it every time. You've got weapons back there. Use them, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And the, Something I don't like is you know, I don't know if they're going to use Jacob Cowing as the kick returner, but I always hated <laughs> that idea. When your number one receiver in a position where basically the other team that's kicking is lining up to kill you, right? right. That's a good return. Um, right. I like G seven. I thought G seven wasn't bad um, mm-hmm. at returning in the spring game, but that to me is the type of guy. It should be him. It should be Speedy Luke. It should be these fast guys. Where I hate to say it, but if Arizona loses Cowing, they're in deep trouble. If Arizona loses a G seven or a Speedy Luke, there's ways to make up for it. I don't. I mean, kick returning is just dangerous to begin with. And putting your number one receiver there is it scares me, especially when you have a guy like Speedy Luke, who the whole point is to get him in the open field, want a kickoff return. If he turns the corner and he's open the field, he's gone. I, I knew. So we agree we need Speedy Luke returning kicks this year. You're you're throwing down the gauntlet right now. Yeah, I mean, and if it's not Speedy Luke, I just I, I hate the idea of Jacob Cowling doing it. Yeah, I don't want I don't I don't want anything to do with that. Now, you know, one thing that I don't hate right now is and again we're going to get to all the Nemhart stuff um don't worry we're going to get to all the Nemhart stuff we got to give football it's just due right here because again spring practice or a spring it was a very successful we'll get to all of that and again people showed up we're not asu people actually show up to back our product right there so again uh we got to talk about where we were at the spring game right there but first guess what isn't disappointing though what, circle, right? circle k now, you might say, Mike, what about Circle K? Well, now that we've established that Jason Shear has been to Circle K, I have been to Circle K. Our great producer, Leah, has been to Circle K as well. All right, so here's what we talked about. You can go to the toughest intersections in Tucson, Circle K. 
You can go to the nicest intersections in Tucson, Circle K. This is a this is a company for the people, and they're right by my house on Sixth Street as well. I went to Circle K, and I got a large drink, and I got gas, and I felt very good about it. I even took a picture that I'm going to tweet out later and pretend that it was real time. But again, now make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Head to CircleK.com backslash store locator to find Circle K's near you. Again, it's a pinnacle of the community right here. Circle K. All right. Now, um, back to it again. We're going to get to all the Nemhart stuff. Promise, 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 promise. But we got to get football. It's due here. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, there's a uh, I, I and I've been saying this now for about three weeks. Um, and maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me saying this to myself, but I don't care. Arizona just needs to finish eighth worst in the conference defensively. That's all. If you finish eighth worst, I just can't have you 11th or 12th. If you finish eighth, that means that you're probably having some games where you could win not having to score 45 points. Yeah, I mean, it just needs to be better. Like, when you go back and you and you look at the schedule last year, and it's like, how many times did Arizona, you know, Arizona beats Washington if the defense is better? No doubt in my mind. Arizona beats Cal if the defense is better. Well, now you're in a bowl game. Like, it just needs to be a little bit better. And and eight, I think eight is reasonable. You know, I, I, I don't think we should go and expect Arizona to have the second best defense in the conference. But if they can be the middle of the Pac-12, uh, Arizona is going to win a couple more games than it did last season because there were multiple times where it just it couldn't make the big stop. Right. One thing that I do like on the defensive line, and we saw this last year with Hunter Eccles kind of emerging, not anybody really knew uh, what to expect. Manoa is going to be that guy this year on the defensive line. I don't care uh, where it is. He is going to uh, be a starter on the defensive line, and I can see him making a very nice impact. He's been very good throughout uh, spring, and I expect him to carry that into fall camp. Yeah, I think Arizona's defensive line is going to surprise people. Manoa had a really good spring. Even Fish said he was surprised. This is a guy that UCLA basically screwed up recruiting, and so they had to move him out um, you know, to the offensive line, which was just a bad decision. Bill right. Norton got what was a little out of shape in the beginning of camp, no longer out of shape. All of a sudden, they have two 300-pound guys. They're probably adding another one from the transfer portal. Uh, the defensive line all of a sudden goes from a weakness last season to a very legitimate position unit that Arizona has. Now, we were talking about kick returners. Do you expend uh, linemen? Do you expect Bill Norton to be involved in this competition? That was awesome. I love when they try to get left. People don't realize how hard it is to return a punt or a kick. Right. It, it's not easy, exactly. especially to Bill, Big Bill Norton was in the area. So, again, we're going to give him credit for that one. Um, now, the de- there are options on the defensive line right here. And, B-Cat, you're probably on to something right there. Um, so, again, we'll just leave it at that. But um, be, be patient with that one. Be patient. Be patient. You know, again, sometimes you just got to let things happen right here. Jason McCoy, I'm looking at you. So, ex- uh, again, we're going to get to that part. Um, <laughs> Now, on the defensive line, though, I got some options now. I got Kungaika. I got Uyagalele. I've got Deuce Davis. I've got Manoa. I got Big Bill Norton. You know, again, maybe none of these guys are NFL players, but I at least have some people that look like they should be playing Power 5 big-time football, Sheer. And again, when you've been rooting for Arizona as long as we've had, we have, you get used to seeing guys that are about 250 pounds and you have to pretend that they're actually as strong as a 330 pounder. Well, I was talking to a coach about this and like, I was like, Oh, what do you think about the defensive line and blah, blah, blah. And he basically said, look, 
is there is there room for improvement in the future? Yes, but we look like a defensive line should look like. We have 300-pound guys that can, you know, be physical and aren't going to get pushed back. And that's the biggest thing. When you watched Arizona's defensive line the last few years, it would get pushed back right off the snap, and that would be that. You're not pushing Manoa and Norton right off the snap. It is not happening with those guys' size. And and, and that's going to make this defense significantly better right from the jump. One guy that we haven't talked a lot about this spring, and I have no clue what to expect, and I tell people this and I feel bad about it because I think I should know what to expect, but I don't, Sterling Lane, ex-four-star kid out of Oaks Christian, um, came in as a linebacker. They used him a little bit as a pass rusher this past year. Bigger kid, but again, I, I don't know what to expect here, and I'm just going to be honest there because, again, he's a kid that came in you know, as a four-star recruit. You know, where What do you see in him? It's tough because there'd be days where he was awesome. Like we saw a scrimmage and, and he was fantastic. And then you wouldn't even see him or hear about him for the next three practices. Right. And part of that is a guy that hasn't played before at the college level or played enough snaps. That's what happens when they get adjusted to it. But I don't really know. I, I don't think he's a bust or anything like that. But it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't have a major role this season just because of that consistency. But then again, I mean, the season may start and he may find that consistency. But he's the type of guy, to me, you're going to see the reward a year or so from now rather than this season. All right. I like uh, Oliver uh, Oliver Lode right there. I like this. I like where your mind's at. What are the chances of having, having five peaks next season? We're going to get to that. But again, it would be four peaks plus one because we got to keep the four peaks reference in there. Again, we're not going to lose. We're not going to lose uh, track of what got us here. Now, on the back seven, then Justin Flo is a beast. I think Justin Flo, if he is not the best player on the defense, then I think that it's going to be something went wrong for Arizona then because everything is going to be funneled towards him. The coaches obviously love him. He looks physically the part in spades, and he had a very, very good spring uh, spring camp. Yeah, it's with him, to me, it's just a matter of keeping him healthy. If he's healthy, he'll be the best player on Arizona's defense. That's been one of his issues in the past. Um, I think everybody, including the coaching staff, is surprised by how quickly he bought in and how disciplined he is. You know, coming from Oregon, it was, oh, he doesn't run the plays or whatever. He runs the plays. Like, he's in right. his area. And he hits hard, and he's a, a physical specimen. I mean, he, he's he, he's actually surprised me. I was a little iffy on him. You always bring a guy with his talent in, but a lot of times you see that that talent isn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't come to fruition. I think it will with Flo. I think he's going to have, assuming he's healthy, he's going to have a very good season for Arizona. I'm going to go on record and say I think there's multiple defensive backs here as well. And, uh, again, we're going to get to who. There are multiple defensive backs here who I believe are going to play in the NFL. And not only that, we're going to get some guys we think are going to play in the league here in a second. But, again, you watch Ephesians Prize Sock. I know Christian Roland Wallace moved on. I feel very good about Ephesians Prysock right there. I also feel pretty good about Charles Gates, not to the extent that I feel about Prysock. And then I'm telling you at the safety position, don't know when, don't know how, but Genesis Smith, when he hits the field as a starter, he will never come out, Jason Shear. Yeah, I would say if you ask me like to list the pros or the guys I think will be playing in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball, Prysock and Smith are right there. Right. I mean, they're, they might be the first two guys – Flo's obviously up there if he stays healthy and all that. But, um, you know, Smith is awesome. He's going to have the freshman learning curve. But it wouldn't shock me if by the end of the year he's starting. And I do agree with you. Once he starts, he starts. It's going to be a three-year starter or whatever it is. But he won't leave the field as a starter 
Uh, and when you watch him, he he strikes me as a an Adam Hall type. He just looks mm-hmm. like him, has a number right. and all that. But I think he's a little bit more athletic, a little bit of a different frame. But uh, Smith is going to be really good. It may not come early this season, but it, it'll come eventually. Okay. Now, on the uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Leah, if you were able to pull up the Arizona football uh, pass catchers here, I wanted to uh, go over something right here. If you uh, if you have that readily available, if not, certainly okay. Um, so basically then with the, now you're good. Don't worry about it. So, um, you're So with Arizona, I look on the offensive side and here are the guys that I say for a fact will play in the NFL. And it feels just weird saying this and we've got to accentuate this again. Jordan Morgan is going to play in the NFL. Uh, Jonas Sabanea is going to play in the NFL. T-Mac is going to play in the NFL. Jacob Cowing is going to play in the NFL. I just named four guys on the Arizona offense that are going to play in the NFL, and it seems like it's been 20 years since we've had a draft pick. That is the talent improvement we're talking about right here. And and I think you can make an argument. I don't know like if they'll get drafted, but I can see Tanner McLaughlin making the roster. Mm-hmm. I can see you know if Wendell Moe continues on his progression. I can see yeah, I can see them like so. I think we're guaranteed four, which is crazy because who wants like. Like watching the NFL draft, waiting to hear Arizona players called, it's been quite a while. Right. And, you know, it's it's going to be a thing where Jed Fish kind of said it a year too early, but he basically said, you know, the, the years of, of Arizona not having any players drafted are gone. We're going to have a player drafted almost every year. And Okay. And- now, we're going to get to – all right, we're going to get to basketball right here, but first got to pay the bills. FOCO. FOCO is back. You might say, Mike, where'd it go? It never left. That's the answer. FOCO is the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessory, toys, collectibles, uh, novelty items, you name it, they got it. FOCO always has at the back of Arizona sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description for all non-presale items. Use promo code PHNX for 10% off. The great Jacob Franklin would like you to do that. And as we know on this show, what Jacob Franklin wants, Jacob Franklin gets. So again, FOCO right there. Now, Let's all right. So again, we're in the same page. I believe that Arizona is a seven-win team, and I believe that Arizona is going to be significantly better than ASU this year. I'm with you. We stand right. strong. You're back in the A right there. I like it. All right, Arizona hoops. Now we're going to get to Ryan Nemhart. So Ryan Nemhart visited Gonzaga, and now he was on his visit here to Arizona. Um, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of good people that he could have run into on his visit here. This was a good time for him to come. Um, I believe that uh, this is probably going to be over sooner than later. As a matter of fact, I would expect that to be done this week. Yeah, I think people need to calm down a little bit. I don't even know if his visit's over. It ended today. I don't believe it is yet. Right. Yeah, so it's like, why? We need an update. I mean, the update is he's going to go on a plane and go home. I don't think he's going to commit on his visit. Most players don't commit on their visits, especially uh, transfers. He'll go home. He'll think about it. I don't think this drags out. We're going to know one way or another by the end of the week is, is my guess. Yep. And you know what? So let's just assume. And first of all, like we've been saying from day one, we both back the A around here. We're both big Tommy Gunn fans. But we're, we'll keep it real here. If for some reason he doesn't end up here, we will uh, we will get on Tommy Lloyd because this is absolutely a commitment that he should be able to get right here. You've got the playing time. You've got a nice little fit right there. So let's just assume then that you've got – uh, you, that you've got that backcourt then of Kylan Boswell and Ryan Nemhart. 
It doesn't get much better than that, actually, I believe, on the West Coast of college basketball. You got two dudes right there that you know what they're about. Now, then, now we got a Julius Tabellas. He's gone. Olivier Kumois. We're with, uh, obviously, he's looking at Michigan. I want this guy, though. I have really grown to like him, and I think he would be a nice fit, even though you think that he might be a little bit of a redundant fit next to our guy, Umar Ballo. Well, I will, I will let him know that you want him. I, he may not know that yet, so that could be, you know, change the tide in the recruitment. Oh, he's he's admiring from afar. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, the, the thing that I'm curious about with him is Tennessee doesn't run a legitimate offense. Um, but you I hate like Rick Barnes. Be honest, you do. I don't like Rick Barnes at all. Correct. I'll go one step further. You ready? I'm going to make you happy today. If you gave me a choice between Muss and Barnes, I'd choose Muss. Well, I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> Muss is actually good. Andy Enfield or Barnes? Ooh. I just don't I, I just Barnes, I feel like you know what you're getting, which is no matter what happens during the regular season, you're losing in the first two rounds. Right. Right. No matter what. Um right. like we've seen the talent with it, like you don't bad players don't drop twenty seven on Duke in the NCAA tournament. Or right. Tennis. And and uh, yeah, and and it's like you put him on Arizona's offense. Um, you know, he's I think he's gonna do better. I think defensively he's better. It does bother me, and I do wonder a little bit if it's a little too much bulk in the front court, not enough speed or athleticism, but I don't dislike Olivier. I mean, I think he's a a legitimately good player. I will say about his recruitment. I I think Arizona is very much in this. Um, And the longer it goes, I actually think the better it is for Arizona. Michigan is still kind of fooling around with Hunter Dickinson and and NIL and all that. And I know some Michigan people have put out there that they're going to land Olivier and they might. But by no means is it the lock or the guarantee that they think it is. Arizona is absolutely involved in this recruitment. Speaking of one thing we need to dispel before we get back to, and again, anytime you give me an opportunity to make fun of Big Ten hoops, I'm going to take it right there. Hunter Dickinson is the epitome of a Big Ten basketball player. We don't want him. But Arizona is not paying $1 million for Arthur Kaluma. I've been asked about this probably 10 to 15 times per day. I want it to stop. We will not, Arizona will not be paying him a million dollars. They are not paying anybody a million dollars. Arizona couldn't pay a million dollars. If Arthur Kaluma came to Arizona and said, if you give me a million dollars, I will commit before you finish your sentence. Arizona would say, good for you. We can't do that. It's not paying a million dollars, number one. Number two, I reached out to someone and I said, Arthur Kaluma in Arizona, everyone keeps asking me. No, the answer was no right away. It is a no. It's not a thing. He's not in the transfer portal. When he enters the transfer portal, I'm assuming the money he's going to want is ridiculous, considering he went to Creighton mostly for money in the first place. So, like, people forget that. So, um, I would not expect Arthur Kaluma to be a member of the Arizona roster. Please stop asking me. This is fake news. We are asking here. Uh, we are on the front lines of journalistic integrity right here on the AZ Wildcats podcast. This is fake news, and we're not going to stand for it anymore. Give the million dollars to me, not to Arthur Kaluma, if that's actually out there. Yes, we, we could also split it. We'll split you know it. what else I need, though? I need, and I don't want to have to rely on the guy from Macedonia for this or another player. I need another wing. I need a guy that can make plays with the dribble. I'm assuming we're getting Emhart and that we've got Kylan Boswell and you got Pella. Pella, again, my bad Pella. Um, Pella is going to be the never-ending saga for me because I look like an idiot every time Pella does well, as I should. But 
I need Pella can't dribble though. I need somebody else that can dribble and can make some plays right there. Um, I like KJ Lewis, like KJ Lewis a lot, but I need somebody, I need another wing in there that can do some stuff. Yeah. I got to admit, that's the one position I haven't heard a lot about. I I know that there uh, is a wing overseas, but I don't know actually how serious that is. It's a Philly B type wing. Nothing wrong with that, by the way, but is this a Philly Uh, B? No, No, he's different. Okay. He is different. Um, but I don't know how serious that is. I haven't heard the kids name brought up in a while, um, but they do need another wing. And that might be, they may be saying, look, let's, let's shore up the front court with Azulis. Let's shore up the back court. And then we'll kind of see the wing situation. And I'm sure they're expecting Philly B to improve, but they still need that athletic defensive type of wing that can give you, you know, almost like a Cedric Henderson, um, that'll actually come off the bench and give you some decent minutes and be able to do a little bit of everything. Said to me was is the ideal, as we've talked about, said to me is the ideal seventh or eighth guy right there. Yeah. Again, don't really want him starting, but man, you look back at it, he gave you nine, four, and two or whatever it was. You take said Henderson every day of the week right there, but I would like to see Arizona tap into that. My concern is this, and again, take this for what it's worth as the Tommy Gunn has the, is the most successful coach all time in college basketball's first two years. Meanwhile, I am sitting here in my room with a bunch of back the A logos behind me and a fake uh, uh, ladder. So take that for what it's worth. But I do worry a little bit, though, about just kind of having the over international thing being a catch all for everything. Well, we're not, we didn't get anybody in the portal or we got one guy. Let's just go, we'll just go overseas and find some people. In the day of the portal, I believe that it is much easier to get guys that you know can come in and contribute. And that's, um, I don't want to say concerned, but that's something that I don't want to uh, see become just kind of a catch-all. I get the concern, but you also kind of, it's, it's, I get the concern, but to me, you also like you either trust Tommy Lloyd's evaluations on international guys or you don't. And right now, let's talk about it for a second. Let's talk about that's a great point. He's missed missed on some guys, but there's also sometimes like we don't know Philly B. If he's good this year, Tommy clearly could hit on his eval. Now, yeah, but if you're looking, now I will say this if you're looking for immediate guys, less likely overseas than in the portal, 100%. If you're right. looking for guys that may be really good in year two and three, international guys are fine to me. But when you're looking for that immediate portal guy, I, I do understand where you're coming from. But I do believe that you've got to be able to get those guys. I think this is the – you look at it again. You brought up the great Eric Musselman right there. I'm not saying that I want this where you basically lose everybody and you bring in 12 new guys each year. But guard, by the way. What's that? only brought in guards. I've never I seen any – Matt I don't Cody. know how he convinces all these guards to come. Like, these guards are coming off the bench. He, he literally has six guards. Do you think it has to do with his chest? It, he's a good-looking man when he takes that shirt off. I, I was going to say, man. So, again, maybe that has something to do with it. But what I don't get uh, – but I do believe in this era of the transfer portal – I think you should be able to get around two guys each year that are real contributors, real guys that you can. Now, again, if you get Olivier, if you get Kylan Boswell, this point is all moot. Or uh, Kylan Boswell, uh, Ryan Nemhart, this point is all moot. But I do believe you should be able to get at least two guys per uh, cycle right there. I, you know what? Bob, it's, a, it's, it's funny that I'm saying this, but I think Tommy's too truthful. Like he tells the truth, like he'll tell a transfer, no, man, like Pella's probably starting and you're going to come off the bench and play 20 minutes. Like Moss landed six guards. I guarantee you he told them all that they could start. 100%. Yeah. Doesn't, the, 
And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's what every coach did. Every coach or most coaches that recruit kids say, you're going to play 30 minutes and start for me. You're going to be the star. And then when they get there, it's not the case, which is why you see a bunch of kids transfer out all the time. And like Musk, for instance, is replacing whole teams because he's telling these guys, you're going to come in and start. Whatever works. But I think Tommy doesn't do that from what I've told. Tommy will be like, you know what? Uh, my starting center is Umar Balo. That's it. He's starting. You're going to come in and play behind him. And if you're a kid of the Porter, you're like, no, I'm not. Right. You're and like, so, I'm going elsewhere. Right. And, and so I think it almost hurts Arizona's recruiting, but it also says he's also able to keep certain guys like Balo and Boswell, et cetera, so what, because he's honest with them. So what you're saying is that you want Tommy Lloyd to lie more. Is that, yes, is that fair? Leah, can, every, you, can you timestamp this, please, at 3312? Uh, Jason Shear is calling for Tommy Lloyd to lie. Go I ahead. Think every coach in America – should lie to players and fake it because they do. We both know they do. Like, <laughs> no, you look I agree. At, like you look at like, and must was an example, but you look at other teams, you go, how do they have three point guards? Well, one of them's not going to play, but they all think they're going to play. And, and so it's like, you know who did that? Your boy, Sean Miller. 100%. Sean Miller did that with all of, remember what he was telling Brandon at her. Remember the year that he had Tarzan. No, I think that would have happened. The Brandon Nico thing. I think that would have happened. I do no. think that. Right I'm talking about the three big men that he got that were all the top 10 when you had Tarzuski, Jarrett, oh, and Ashley, and Ashley was going to yeah. play the three? Yeah, they all do it. <laughs> well, I like it. Yeah, you I, should do it. And it's like when we look at football and these teams have like uh, three top 10 quarterbacks, you're all going to have a chance to start. No, you're not. And then they enter right. the portal. That's why there's 1,100 players in the portal because they all believe their coaches pitch, and then they get to campus and realize that it's all BS. All right. Now, Jason Shear, you have you have problems sleeping, correct? Yeah. Like very bad problems. Sleeping, I, don't, I don't sleep. So. All right. Here is what OGs is here for you now. OGs is here to help Jason Shear and to make people also feel better about themselves. But here's the cool thing. OGs is much more than the gummies. They're about the culture and everything we do here at PHNX. Now, again, here's what you do. You can get the new collab shirt, OG's Brands, is now live. If you want to get your hands on this dope, make sure you get your ticket to uh, uh, Buds of Buds of Palooza right there. I do like that right there. And you know what? Uh, at these OG's events, you know who you could probably run into at some point? The great Shane Diefenbach. You'll be able to see Shane there, all six foot six of him, hanging out. You know what? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for anybody right there. So, again, check it out, PHNX and OGs. You might even see Shane Diefenbach there if you're lucky. And if you're Jason Shear and you can't sleep, OGs can help you out there as well. Lots of different avenues for Jason Shear. Have you ever tried OGs, Jason Shear? Uh, I have not. You know I'm what? Sure. Maybe I can help you with this. I might know a few people. Hook it up, Mike. All right. We're <laughs> going to try to do it. Now. You and I are going to be up in Phoenix in a week and a half. We're talking Carter Bryant and Jamari Phillips now. First of all, has the uh, credential link been put out there yet? It has not. It's very top, hush, hush. We're just trying to get in. They don't right. know who we are yet. They'll know. They'll understand. Uh, so if you, wanted to, if you want to see us, we might be hanging out with the uh, the common folk <laughs> there. But um, – Carter Bryant is there. I believe that this thing is coming to an end sooner than later. I take it for what it's worth as I'm no insider, but I do believe that uh, he is a wildcat sometime this month. I would be surprised if he's not. I would agree with you. I, I still have not heard anything to lead me to believe it won't be Arizona. Um, commitment could come this week, 
it could come next week, but I it'll it'll be done by the end of this month, I think. I hope. Okay, so one thing that we've been talking about is getting explosive wings here at Arizona, guys that are athletic, guys that can make some plays off the bounce. Now, again, your your agency 24-7 is not a big fan of K.J. Lewis. I am a big fan of K.J. Lewis. You are – do you want to break away from the uh, iceberg there and uh, carve your own way for uh, K.J. Lewis? I think there's two sides to K.J. Lewis, and, and this is where the debate with 24-7 was. If you ask the national guy – about his rebounding and defense, they would tell you right away, absolutely college ready. If you ask about his offense, they say it's got a long way to go. And so it depends on what you want. I, I think he his playing time as a freshman will be determined by his defense, his rebounding, passing, et cetera. I wouldn't expect him to come in and average 10 points a game. Uh, I just don't think he's that kind How about of player. 12 minutes per game, though? I mean, it depends what they land a wing, right? Like, if they don't go out and land another wing, they clearly think KJ is good for 12 minutes again. All right. Now, I say that so I can tell you this. Jamari Phillips is going to be here. Jamari Phillips is a, a player committed to the 2024 class. He is a domestic recruit, everyone, out of California. And, again, top 40 kid. He's fallen a little bit in the rankings. But he's an interesting guy when you look at his highlights because he's not a great athlete per se. He's kind of the opposite a little bit of K.J. Lewis. But he's pretty skilled. He's natural with the ball. I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, and I'm excited to see him up at the EYBL there, Sheer. Yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, I think he he's a unique Is he underrated by the people you work for? I think we dropped him a little bit, didn't we? You did drop him. His, his year at Compass wasn't outstanding. Um, I don't know how comfortable he got there, but uh, I like him a lot. He could play the one. He could play the two. He could score on, on a variety of levels. Uh, he's engaged. I, I think he's going to be a, a very nice fit um, for what Arizona likes to do. I think he's going to be a very nice fit as well. And that's where, again, the 2024 class, people ask me all the time, can the Tommy Gunn recruit? I always say, you know what, we're going to know in the 2024 class. Um, it can't just be loaded with international players. You're going to have to get some domestic guys. Again, you already got Phillips right there, which is a good look. Then if you can get Carter Bryant, all of a sudden, because Carter Bryant is elite, elite, elite. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, everybody talked about how Sean Miller could always get top three, four guys. This is the type of guy that Sean Miller landed pretty much every single class year. Well, I always say there's like not all five stars are created the same. There's right. your top five five stars, which are usually – Good, like awesome immediate impact you're going to the nba and then there's guys where it's more potential than anything carter bryant is a kid where he's going to come in you expect him to start as a freshman be a freshman of the year type of candidate in the conference nationally being an all like he is really really good he would he would be the best recruit that that tommy's landed by far have you run with my jason tatum comparison yet because that is the comparison yes yeah, that is 100% the comparison. Okay. Looks like him, plays like him, all of it. Did you put like credit in the? Uh, did you put credit in the photo, Michael Luke? Jason Shear, correct. All right, well, fair enough. You know what? At least as, well, as long as one of us got credit for my idea, that's a good idea. Um, now, uh, any other names? Then I haven't really heard any other names. But again, this is so weird though, because again, when with Miller, we knew there was ten guys, all five stars, and you know what? We're going to cover those guys. Lloyd is far more secretive, as is Mr. Jack Murphy with all of this. Um, I think that after UIBL, there will be names. Like, we're going to know who Arizona is recruiting seriously. I know we're going to watch Coa Pete for 2025. Uh, you know, I, I well, he's actually – he's not UIBL. But in June is that high school tournament. 
that we went to last year. So that'll be, you know, we'll be back. uh, Do you want to tell the people there about how you said a top three player in the nation wasn't good enough for Arizona? Yeah, I I don't think Cody Williams is going to be that good in college. Does he? So you would not have offered Cody Williams, correct? Because you came away from that scene. No, 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 no. You always change a little bit. When Arizona did not offer Cody Williams, I didn't have an issue with it. He's he he clicked something like his high school season was not very good. He I know he made McDonald's All American. I don't care. It wasn't a very when you look at him, it wasn't that good of a year, right? And and then you go and you see him. We saw him the first game. He didn't do anything. He had that one game. I think it was the second game where he went nuts, and he was a solid player. Um, should Arizona have offered him earlier? Yeah. If Cody Williams was in Texas. Should Arizona have offered him earlier? I don't think so. But he'll. Uh, I'm. I'll say this. I'm really curious to see how he does at Colorado. I think that's a weird fit. I think it's a weird fit as well. But you know, um, you guys have him ranked in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken. I can break away a little bit. All right. So you would put him in the top fifty, fringe top fifty. Is that correct? What What do we have him in? Top thirty. Top thirty. You'd have him in top 30. All right. Jason Shear, who does not offer top 30 in-state kids uh, at the University of Arizona. Well, uh, no, I we will... would offer him. Um, well, all right. Well, we you know what? We have him at number eight. I just you know, we have him at number eight. Do you want to give me any credit for saying Tommy Lloyd's going to offer him that evening and then Tommy Lloyd told us he was going to offer him that evening? Will you give Mike yes. Luke any credit right here? I will. I will give you credit. All right. One guy that we got to talk about here, though, too, and a lot of internal improvement here, Henry Vasar. Um, Now that it uh, now that the movement to push Dylan Anderson out of Arizona has been thwarted, um, the uh, the Henry Vasar, I I need I need Henry to take that. I love Dylan Anderson. Everybody knows my opinion on Dylan Anderson. Anybody that follows me anyways. But I love Henry. uh, But Henry's got to be the dude that makes that jump. Um, he's got to me to be nine, five and a block and a half and show a little bit of the, uh, uh, show a little bit of the stroke and practice that he's shown here. Yeah. This to me, he's the number one guy that needs to take a jump. If he can take a jump, not even like I'm, we're not talking elite, but if he can be a, a formidable big man, that changes everything. He can shoot, he can run. He didn't show it last year. He struggled with confidence. If they can get that confidence up, and give him the confidence to display his actual ability. Uh, I think he he people are going to be very surprised, and and I do know the coaching staff absolutely believes he's going to take a major jump in the offseason. All right, now guess who just texted me right now? Uh oh, the great Bruce Pasco. <laughs> All right, want? so Bruce uh, Bruce is also having the same problem with the EYBL stuff. So we got to get. On- <laughs> We got to get on this right here. I'm going to pass your number along, Sheer, because you got to keep us up to date on this. EYBL up in Phoenix in less than two weeks. Come on, dip, chop, chop. Well, they open up the, the media. They're opening up the media the week of. So All right. Monday. Now, you already have your hotel reservations, correct? I made that a while ago. All right, yeah. smart man right there. Now, one thing you don't need reservations for is Tap and Bottle. Our good friends at Tap and Bottle, the Tap and Bottle Watch Party, Scott and Rebecca. The uh, salt of the earth, you uh, cool people to support, support local. You can go to the downtown location or you can go to the northwest location. My guy Matt Mulebach comes with me from time to time to a tap and bottle. We would love to see you all up there. And guess what you can also get? Four Peaks there. 
Four Peaks at Tap and Bottle and a good food truck as well. All right. Um, oh, sure. We've had people that want to talk about baseball and softball real quick. Here's what I'm going to say because I know you're itching to get a Dave Hickey about both of these. I will say this. Um, Caitlin Lowe has nothing. Dave Hickey, all those people had nothing to do with Caitlin Lowe's hire. Mike Candrea was going to make that hire. He was always going to make that hire. Um, and there's not a, uh, a GM. There's not an AD in the country. Chip Hale, for good or bad, is Dave's hire. But I do not blame good or bad for Caitlin Lowe. Is this correct? Uh, I would agree with that. I mean, Caitlin Lowe is clearly a, a Mike Andrea choice. Um, you know, they just got to bring in the talent. They're very young right now. It wouldn't surprise me if they turn it around next year. Um, Chip Hale, you know my feelings on him. Yeah, <laughs> all right. No, I am absolutely all in on Chip because I need to be all in on Chip to make sure look like to make sure look dumb and to Dave look like the great giant that he is. So again, we will be on that. All right, before we sign off right here, Jason Shear, where can they find you causing trouble? Where can they find me possibly annoying people as well? Uh, WildcatAuthority.com. We're having a fifty percent off an annual subscription sale. It ends tomorrow night. Trust me when I tell you there's going to be a lot of news coming up in the next few weeks. Definitely worth it. Wildcat Scoop Podcast with my wife, Shelby, and then at Jason Shear on Twitter. All right. That's Jason Shear. I am Mike Luke. Big thanks to Leah behind the scenes for making all this work. Again, if it wasn't for Leah, we wouldn't be here. So, again, thank you, Leah. Well, all right. We're going to take, uh, take a break here. But the break only lasts until 1230 tomorrow when I'm back on with William Brad Alice. Talk to you guys tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.